this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Billion Season 7, Episode 8 is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. That's right, it is the Billions Podcast here on Post Show Recaps, where we are breaking down the Showtime Series' seventh and final season, episode by episode, diaper by diaper. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. <laughs> and that's just Sterling. You know, I was looking up chocolate puns as you said that. Uh-huh. Uh, I have Wake Me Up Before You Coco. Yes. Uh, I love you, Chocolate. Yes. Um. Uh... <laughs> Good Lord, a dirty, filthy episode of Billions to talk about today. Jess, the owl, the owl, the hour of the owl here in the final season of Billions with just four episodes remaining on the other side of this one, Jess. And we apparently had time on the clock, not for Bobby Axelrod, (laughs) but for Wags. Uh, fantasizing about uh, I don't even want to say it because we're not even two minutes into the podcast. Something dirty, something foul. Uh, Billions is very good about not kink shaming and so we we won't either, Jess, but at the same point, a visceral episode. A visceral episode for Wags. A visceral episode for many of the characters. Uh, It says something, Jess, that Wags is uh, Wags' specific uh, situation in this episode to me. I think was you mean a situation. His, his situation in this shit show of an episode, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> she got it. She landed on it. She figured it out. Uh-huh. Uh, that I I don't even think that it was the most repulsive stuff that happened in in this episode. I think no. I think a lot of the Mike Prince stuff and everything surrounding Mike Prince with the fourth and all of that and the owl of it yep. all was absolutely disgusting uh, and so billions and really great and setting us up once again for a really strong final four episodes though. Gosh, they gotta get moving. They gotta get moving. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I mean, it's interesting. It feels like the show feels like it can kind of uh, spin its wheels a little bit because little bit. there are 12 episodes rather than 
what I feel like is the more normal premium television series, like, you know, like, like a 10 episode thing. thing. Is like, yeah, it's like 10 episodes, like 12 we'll episodes. 12 episodes is like the older HBO way. Which, um, I mean, we're seven seasons in, so I guess they are from the older. <laughs> it's like the older HBO way. Like, I'm thinking about, I don't know, just as an example off the top of my head, HBO's Rome, uh, which, gosh, I think about Rome a lot. <laughs> Do you yes. think about it every day? I don't know if I think about it every day, but I do know that Post Show Recaps listeners have the opportunity to think about Rome, the HBO TV series, every weekday throughout the month of October, the Fall of Rome podcast that is happening here on Post Show Recaps all month long from the great Grace and DM Philly. PostShowRecaps.com slash Rome is the RSS link for that. But if you want to just search Post Show Recaps Rome, you will find that feed. Every single episode of Rome, all 22 episodes of Rome are getting covered in the month of October. One podcast every single mm-hmm. weekday, all month long. Uh, so, yeah, that was it, though. Like 12 episodes, season one, Jess. Uh, that's the only reason why I was thinking about it, not because I wanted to just kind of do like, of course, some, like organic ad. Of course, here in the yeah. First few minutes of yeah. the Billions podcast, but yeah, that used to be how it was. It's like twelve episodes. Nowadays, you're looking at like, yeah, like sometimes even nine episodes, sometimes like six episodes, which isn't of a, TV a lot. Show. Billions, this- I think, does thrive with the longer episode format because you get to have stuff. Like what's going on with Wags in this episode? I don't know that you have that in a season that is tighter. To some people, that would probably be fine. I think for me, I like it this way. Uh, I I like Billions being a little long in the tooth. I think that that works out for me in the long term is when the show has a little bit more room to just wildly gesticulate for a little while and get into all of its mess. So we're going to get into a lot of mess here on the Billions podcast today. Uh, of course, if you are not subscribed to the podcast, you certainly can do so. Postshowrecaps.com slash billions is the RSS link when you search by URL. That's postshowrecaps.com slash billions. Don't be alarmed when it takes you to that succession podcast feed because it lives in the succession podcast feed. Billions mm-hmm. closely linked to succession. This Billions podcast brought to you in no small part by Jess Sterling's obsession with succession to the point that you recognized uh, <laughs> who never recognizes anybody. It's famously, famously, I am so bad with actors' names. I'm so bad with like, oh, this person is from this. Like, I've never seen that. Yeah, to the point where as soon as this guy comes on stage, Griffin Dunn is the actor's name. Yeah. He's playing the fourth. George this Pike the fourth, a.k.a. the fourth. This yeah. guy's from Succession, you said. It was like, really? Because I've watched all of Succession. <laughs> hey, hell, I watched all of Succession with you, Jess. Yeah. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, he plays the therapist that is in Austerlitz, a season uh, that, one episode. That he, makes uh, sense. Because I didn't recognize him without face. I didn't recognize him without the bloodied mouth. Uh, yeah, I recognized him immediately. Problem. I was like, yeah. hey, I've seen you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hadn't seen him before, uh, or at least outside of that context. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But to say that this podcast shares DNA with Succession would, of course, be an understatement. But uh, mm-hmm. if you go to PosherRegaps.com slash billions and you find yourself in the Succession feed, don't be alarmed. That's exactly, we've got you exactly where we want you. And where we want you, folks, is in a strange uh, top one percent of the top one percent foresty compound during a festival of uh, of depravity known as the owl, mm-hmm. which is also the name of this episode of Billions. Jess, I don't think that we had this right on our bingo card of like why is this one called the owl? Turns out it's caused like in the first second of the show. There's just like they're burning a giant effigy of an owl. They're building an owl. Yeah, By big the end owl of it, statue. They're going to burn it. Big wicker man energy. Huge wicker man energy here. Uh, yeah. The owl, Jess. What goes down in this hour of billions? In this episode of billions, the Roys travel to Richmond, Virginia, to pick the next president of the United States. No, nope. wait, wait, wrong show, wait. Jess. No, sorry, wrong show. Yep. Instead, we're heading to the Owl in upstate New York, which we rarely talk about here. We're not supposed to talk about it, yeah. You're not supposed to, but we're gonna. Uh, For Kingmaker George Pike IV, a.k.a. the Fourth, to pick who he wants to be the next president. 
the owl is a manly man event where men, men, only men, only frolic men. naked, yeah. have shirtless leg wrestling competitions, <laughs> and also pick world leaders. Historically, no girls allowed, but the first woman prospective Democratic nominee, Montana Governor Nancy Dunlop, has been invited which is a BFD, people. A big effing deal. Yes. Mike Prince must also attend to Ben the Fourth's ear, and thus Chuck also secures an invite from Chuck Sr. to keep an eye on Prince. Dunlop isn't Prince's only problem, as his wife's former lover and climbing partner is stuck climbing a mountain on the Nepal-China border and needs a rescue helicopter. If the helicopter is caught, though... It could really hurt Prince's campaign because you should you just stop hanging around in Asia. It's going to cause complications. Yes. Unfortunately for all of us and the world, Forth is impressed with Prince's view on using nuclear weapons without hesitation. Yeah. First, uh, first strike. Uh, he wants uh, advantage on the initiative roll, Jess. Yeah. Unfortunately for Prince, Forth is also aware of his marital issues and the man on the mountain. So Prince purposely flubs the rescue mission, allowing Derek to be taken into Chinese custody. Andy knows, and yikes, that is not going to help the marital issues they're having. Uh, elsewhere, as we mentioned earlier on the podcast, yeah, and we should warn people, if yeah. you just listen to the podcast and you don't watch the show, it's about to get gross. Yeah, it's about to get real weird. Uh, Wax discovers a new kink as his overcooked macaroni noodle turns javelin at the sight of women playing a baby shower game when which you lick melted chocolate out of a diaper. Mm-hmm. So that's billions, baby. That's billions for you, folks. That's how billions tends to roll. Uh, but at, by the end of it, of course, uh, the javelin shall go back to overcooked macaroni noodle. So at least there is that here in this episode, Jess. Um, mm-hmm. A wild one. I don't know that I have too much more to add about what's going on with Wags, to be totally honest. Is there much more to add? Like, I mean, he gets therapized by Wendy. And, like, Wendy ends up talking to Chelsea, uh, his girlfriend. And Chelsea, shockingly to all of us, is like, I will lean in to what my guy Wags needs. Well, she understands it when Wendy frames it to her, apparently. Like, the way that she frames it to Wendy is like, Wags thinks of himself as so despicable, so unworthy of love that this is a sign that if you will do this for him, there is nothing that you wouldn't do. And like, you will never leave him and you will always love him. And so that is like, that's the turn on for him. And she mm-hmm. tells us to, to, to chat, uh, to, to Wags his partner and Wags partner is like, yeah, so that's what Wendy said. And that's why I'm willing to do this. And Wags like, ah, fooey. He knows the like magic, how the magic trick works now, and so yeah. it's not going to work for him. And yeah, it's not the, the same thing when you know the prestige, Jess. Uh, have you ever been to a? I mean, let me ask you first. Have you I been to a baby ask shower? If I'd, if I'd been to, uh, if I'd seen the prestige, uh, yeah, of course I've been to a baby shower. Yeah. Have they played this game at a baby shower? You not attended? yet, not at any of the ones I've attended yet. Uh, yeah. But you know, maybe you know this episode as you and I are recording uh, is only two days old. Uh, so yeah. and it hasn't even aired on linear yet. So who knows? Could change. Yeah. I've been to a baby shower, never played this game. Yeah. Gotta say, probably wouldn't if it was presented to me. Because it have is you ever, yeah, have, you ever, have you ever seen uh food prepared in a diaper, like served in a diaper? No. Yeah, me neither. Why would people do this? Anyway, <laughs> it's a disgusting part of the episode that yeah. I don't know that we need to discuss any more in further detail than we already have. Only that David Costable, who plays Wags, is so great. Uh I think like <laughs> just like the looks of longing. And so, like, there is a way in which, like, when I process this storyline for Wags, yeah. I do find myself once again just being like, man, what is what an absolutely, utterly odd individual and such a broken man, too. And I think that um, Succession, I do think, was more, uh, I don't know about better uh, than this show at this, but certainly more delicate than this Subtle, show. Subtle, I would this. say. Subtler, for sure, in, like, generating empathy for these people who you otherwise would not really ever have empathy for. And I think that David Costable's performance gets you there. And I think that his turn as wags in this episode, like you can feel a lot of that hurt and a lot of that pain. But then once the magic trick is revealed and he's like, no, I don't like it anymore. They're playing it for laughs too. So it's like, it's somehow both revolting, um, uh, hilarious and kind of sad at the same time. Uh, So that's about all I've got to say on that. I think we probably spent enough energy on the dirty diaper of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why don't we go to the owl? Let's go to the owl because the vast majority of this episode is going to take place here. Thanks in no small part to two of our main storylines going to this secret cabal in the woods, this retreat. Uh, Chuck Sr. Jess uh, will say that you really need to get out there into the wild in order to discover yourself. He is so the type that would enjoy this where like you're you're out in the middle of the woods you're mm-hmm. in a cabin you're sleeping on yeah. an uncomfortable cot you don't even have plumbing they're like going to the bathroom and outhouses and he, he talks about this like transcendent experience he had with the coyote yes. and how he was like woken up in the middle of the night knowing the coyote had died yeah and he saw the death of the coyote from like its point of view it's all nonsense. It's all utter nonsense. And I love how we have Chuck, like, not wanting to touch this with a 10-foot pole. He doesn't want no. to even be near this until he finds out that, of course, Mike Prince is going to be there and he needs to keep eyes on Prince. Um, and obviously, by proxy, he's going to end up attempting to help the Democratic uh, a nomin- uh, a potential nominee, Nancy Dunlop, like, right. you know, with her connections with the fourth as well. Um this is so funny. It's so it's such a weird episode of Billions, but it makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, that this it, it really did remind me of the episode of Succession, where they where they go to pick the next president in a way. Yes, yes. Um, season season three's episode, which I know is not one of your favorite episodes of Succession. Nope. I guess we haven't really gotten into this topic all that much, Jess. I know that with Succession, you and many other people who were watching Succession didn't love when the show got super political and got really involved in like the presidential race, which ends up being yeah. a very big deal on that show. Um, this show was not really that. I mean, it was political in so not many until ways. until this season, no. It was political in so many ways, like, you know, the ways in which the law is being bent and the Clancy Brown character and even Chuck uh, and his aspirations and like governorships and all of this stuff. But the presidential yeah. aspect of it really comes into play at the end of last season when Mike decides to run for office. And this season has been about the dangers of a man like that getting this close and potentially closer to having his finger literally on the trigger uh, as we'll like actually get into in this episode. Does it work better for you on billions? Do you think than it works for you on succession? And if so, why do you think that might be? I still felt a little yuck about it. I have to say, but I think it works better for me on billions than it did succession. And the reason is like probably mostly because I took succession so seriously and I really, really, really cared. And it felt so it felt too close to home in yes. the way the world was not that long ago, uh, still is in many ways. Whereas this show, it's to me much more played for laughs uh, a lot of the time. And I mean, it still made me upset to see like the fourth basically agreeing with Prince on nuclear warfare and how it should be used and how disgusting I found it. But I think because there's a little bit uh, less seriousness behind Billions, it didn't, 
bother me as much. I think I'm not still a big fan. Like I don't really love the political stuff in general, to be, sure. to be honest. I think I think the fact that the the main characters of the show are so deeply brought into the topic. I think that makes a huge difference uh, for for me. And Mike Prince, basically by design, is a character who you're meant to sort of dislike and distrust. Uh, but right. he is he is like a central figure. He is somebody whose whose headspace we're occupying uh, basically ever since Corey Stoll became a series regular. But probably even mm-hmm. in the lead up to it, if we went back and looked at season five, knowing that Mike Prince would become who he became. So I think that it, it helps that like. We are, we have such a portrait of the guy. We are kind of like Wendy. Uh, and I think like Wendy tips the scales a bit uh, in her analysis of Mike Prince that now we're sort of seeing him the way that she sees him. But we get to see him warts and all. We get to see him as the guy who's like, I got rich so I didn't have to deal with these bozos. Uh, and uh, Bradford Luke being like, based on like the severity and like the shittiness of like what you've just said, like I'm going to take a guess and me uh, and assume that you really don't want to do this, but you know how important it is. So you get that, mm-hmm. you get him doing like the fake glad handing, you get him saying the things that he says in that room with the fourth, that I could imagine the option being needed to be exercised of striking first with nuclear authority of that being the best way forward. I would have to be convinced that that is the best way forward, but people will have elected me to be the guy who makes that judgment is terrifying. Is such like a terrifying notion when it comes to that specific topic of like, I'd be totally fine to just be the first person to do it. All of this stuff combined with everything else that we know about Prince, his narcissism, his ego and everything like that. You then bookend it with this episode with him, basically like condemning a man to death may as well be right of this guy Derek who he spends the episode trying to rescue off the mountain at Andy's behest and instead because the fourth who takes a shine to Prince because Prince is willing to go the extra mile and incinerate everything should it come to it that he is going to tell him like oh yeah well I've really vetted you so much that I know like your helicopter mission in China right now you should deal with that and so Prince decides the best way to deal with that is to just like hand this man over. No problem. This is a really scary person. Like I think Mike Prince often comes across as just like sort of like a big wealthy dork with like an unhealthy sized ego, but he's a lot deadlier than that. And I do think that this season going into like the presidential arena with the character, we've gotten to know this. Well, I do think that that's working really well towards a lot of the themes that billions is always been about about absolute power corrupting absolutely whether it's billions of dollars or the highest office in the world yeah and it's it's interesting because we get a really like interesting and, and complex conversation between prince and chuck in this episode where you know in a different world, maybe they'd be allies, right? right? And they kind of insinuate as much that they they're they're alive to keep each other, people like each other in check. And I love the point that Chuck makes about Prince having no self-doubt and how someone in that like um with that amount of power as president needs to have self-doubt or as prince basically completely disagrees and says no like you need someone who is who is confident in the decisions that they're making and it's so interesting to kind of watch these men who are leagues i mean let's be real like a lot of the people at these events like they're running around naked they're they're doing like manly men events yeah should we talk about some of the things that they're doing what is this called? This leg wrestling? I didn't even I know, know what to even, they, they basically I don't know. They have, you have to be shirtless and you have to basically put your leg up against someone else's and flip their body. This is like, this is like by far and away the shittiest version of fight club imaginable. Uh, <laughs> it's just like yeah. really, really stupid fight club. It's uh, so dumb. And they have to wear these weird, like wrestling earmuff. Yeah. Kin strap situations. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah, it's very stupid. I really did enjoy watching though the doc get destroyed yes. by Nancy Dunlop. Like that was so great because it's oh, I shouldn't be fighting against her. She's a woman. Oh my. You yeah, know? she steps right up to him though and just like rips her shirt off. And everyone, including Emily and I, were like, whoa. Uh like, oh yeah. god, she means it. And this is right after like Bradford Luke 
is talking with Prince. And Prince is like, should I like be stepping in here and doing this? And, do this? and Bradford Luke's like, it is kind of the thing that might rev their engines. And then like he's scooped. He doesn't have a chance. She steps in and she just handily wipes him out. Uh, and yeah. as, as a result, uh, scores a lot of points. Like the momentum is very much on Dunlop's side during this event because she's leaning in she's when she's getting drinks like she's cheering hoot hoot to every you know everyone yeah. hoot hoots at her like she is leaning in to this uh very like misogynistic atmosphere that's going on and and he's leaning away but right. all it takes is the fireside chat where she wavers and prince doesn't for fourth to be very impressed by Mike Prince and not even Chuck can then sway. You know, he has a one-on-one chat with the fourth, uh, not even he can sway uh, the fourth into Nancy onto Nancy's side after, you know, he kind of makes an agreement with Nancy, which I really enjoyed their conversation as well, actually, because I thought it was so smart of her to say, I know you're on my side now, but you're not pro me. You're anti Prince. Yeah. And, and he's like, okay, so what's the big deal? Like, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And she's like, well, what's going to happen when like I'm nominated and then he's like a third part. It's like, it's, you're not going to stay on my side, but he right. says, well, at least I can help you now for now, but it doesn't end up working. It seems like, I mean, if he, if the fourth is concerned with two things, one being the helicopter, which is now taken care of and two being Prince's marital status and like what's going on with his wife. I feel like he has burned one to fix the other. Yeah. And Andy is, as we know, insanely intelligent. She is like, they have kind of built her up to be not quite Wendy status, but like on the level where she knows Prince very well. So she knows that that was the best team available and they got caught so easily. She knows he tanked this mission. Yeah. And this is someone, this isn't just a random person. This isn't even just a friend she had. He was it's on her list. Derek. Derek. That's Derek. <laughs> Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. Is now in Chinese custody. Yeah. And it's his fault. And she, we saw her with him. Like, this was not just a fling from my memory. Like, this is someone she was dating. The way and she talks about him for sure. Yeah, I don't remember specifically. I want to say we saw them together, like in a random scene when they were when she was climbing sure. with him. Totally by that. Yeah. Um, so it's not great, and I feel like this is going to have really bad consequences. I want to know what you make of when they get when they're when they are on the line with the team that is attempting to go in and, and kind of remove Derek, and they get caught and everything. She Andy she hugs yes. Wendy. What do you she, make collapses, of that? she collapses into Wendy's arms. And this is after Wendy has been assigned being like emotional support for Andy. Basically. basically yeah. Like that's her job. Of a golden retriever in a hospital. Yes. Yes. Your job <laughs> is to be Andy's support animal for the yeah. next, however long this takes, uh, which is like very beneath Wendy Rhodes as far as like yep. an assignment uh, to say the least. Um, but it was compelling to me because Wendy and Andy did not have the best relationship going into this episode and no. even during most of this episode. And then when this moment happens, when Derek is taken, uh, uh, I, I'm just doing the taken monologue in my head now. <laughs> so I just need like a second to mm-hmm. a certain set of skills. Okay. Anyway, it's gone. Uh, that now we've got this moment between them, between Wendy and Andy, where they hug it out. And I think a, there, there's a couple of, I'm I'm of two minds as for the fate of mm-hmm. one Michael Prince. Mind number one is what we're seeing in this episode, which is he is just like burning bridges left and right in like this mad dash power forward scramble to get to the White House. It doesn't matter who he kills on the way as long as he gets to where he needs to be going. Um, so he has he has now screwed over Andy, but he had also previously kind of screwed over Scooter and Philip wasn't thrilled with him either. And so there's just like this accumulation of enemies from within that I feel like could have this coordinated strike or if not a coordinated strike, maybe even like the House of Cards, ironically mm-hmm. enough, because Corey Soul was in season one of House of Cards. The House of Cards starts crumbling uh, because of the way that Mike, 
Mike has so indelicately handled his social game. Like maybe he's playing the best strategic game, but his social game is shit. Uh, mm-hmm. and Wags loves it. Uh, and so, like, I think that Andy and Wendy getting pushed closer together advances that possibility on the board. Yeah. The other possibility on the board that I'd like to bring up here, Jess, is what if Mike Prince wins? What happens if Mike Prince wins the presidency? And I was wow. thinking about this today. Uh, I was thinking about this before we came on uh, because we... We underestimate Mike Prince at our own peril, I think. Uh, I think we underestimate Mike Prince at our own peril, and we've already Mm -hmm. been through this. And I think it is worth examining whether or not we are going to go through this again. And once again, to like kind of filter it through the meta lens. Mike Prince is introduced to us in the fifth season of Billions, ostensibly as a new Bobby Axelrod antagonist. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, in the same world as Axe, operating in the ocean filled with billions and billions of dollars, uh, but a benevolent billionaire, good guy billionaire, only for him to just like be the sharkiest of sharks and be the guy who is able to cut Axelrod out from underneath. He's able to kill Axe for all intents and purposes, or at least kick him out of the country. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that like the bad guy of the season was going to come in and kick the co-lead of the show off the show? So yeah. automatically have to take that man seriously, Jess. That's thing one. Thing two is we have this flash forward at the start of the season. This flash forward, this five months into the future, fast forward that we seem to be barreling towards but have not quite yet reached. Yeah. Where, where Mike Prince tosses a computer through Wendy's office window uh, and rages yeah. at her and what's so wrong with me. The natural thought there, especially as we're seeing it all pile up, like all these bodies piling up in Prince's wake, would be that he's going to catastrophically fail. That he's going to catastrophically fail. Everybody knives Mm -hmm. out against him. They're going to get their knives in. And we are just like watching the build to that moment. Billions loves a misdirect. Billions. They do loves they love to trick us they typically like to do this within the scope of an episode rather than like throughout an arc of a season of like these characters were in on a thing that we didn't know and so here's the double blind aha reverse it you didn't know that this was happening secretly off screen but this is how it's been going the whole time billions loves to do that in an episode could it be doing it within a season that this moment with prince from the start of season seven isn't something that is like so unrecoverable at least for Prince and that he is Mm. able to carry forward. The final piece of this is still the fact that billions is going to end and we are going to be left with two shows in its wake. Millions (laughs) and trillions and trillions, trillions really suggests uh, not just a certain amount of wealth, Jess, but a certain positionality within that amount of wealth and i cannot help but wonder if we are being set up for mike prince to win the office to become the president of the united states of america in the billion cinematic universe Mm -hmm. and be the lead of trillions jess so that's my second mind when it comes to what's going on with prince right now so my question is more of like a logistical one right now we are in the primaries, right? Because we don't like Nancy Dunlop wants to be the democratic nominee. Right. How much time has to pass for us to be, you know what I mean? Like when are the primaries versus when is the election? It was, it was, it was upstate New York and it was winter. So if if we're in the election year, then we're looking at no further than like March. March, So, you know, like, uh, but probably not even there because we're not talking about like super Tuesday or anything like that. So I would think that we're probably in the December, January region. I don't remember anything about holidays. Yeah. So then the, the, computer throwing would have to be before any of that would happen because it's only four or five months because what i thought was maybe the computer through the window is there a way wendy does get close to andy or like recruits andy onto her side because let's be real the biggest 
people you want to pull in when you're talking about taking down Mike Prince are Scooter and Andy. Yeah, like, those you are Scooter and Andy, two. he's boned. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So that's where I'm thinking. I feel like the way he's acting feels like he's taking whatever Wendy did extremely personally. Mm -hmm. And where does, how are you going to hit him where it hurts? His freaking family. Now we know it's not going to be a, like my wife fell in love with someone else. Hi, that's already happened. (laughs) Like, you know, they were pretty open about how, you know, they were in a bit of an open marriage situation before. So it's probably not that. I feel like the way that she hits him where it hurts is you t- you pull in Andy and you use Andy against him. And now that he has pissed off Andy, I don't know how like because we've seen her pissed at him before. Yeah. And she's gone back to him. I don't know. Ex- is this what it takes? I feel like there has to be something more. He has to keep going. Depending uh, for- on the depths of her feelings for Derek, this could be quite bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I'm leaning because I just don't know that the the timing of it all. And I know like, obviously we looked at succession as a prime example of like them playing with time to, to fit their needs in terms of the story. But when they're telling us this is four months, five months, whatever they're, they have to stick to it. They gave yeah. us the title card. Yeah. So I don't know, but I certainly think that like that hug is not an insignificant thing. And that if it isn't, Andy playing Wendy in that moment, which it didn't seem to be. It's not like we saw Andy with like a small smirk on her face or something. Um, Then I feel like there's going to be something going forward because let's face it. Andy has not told Prince that Wendy is playing him and she knows that Wendy is. Why has she kept that information from him? Certainly probably not going to tell him now. And now that he's pissed her off, probably not. Andy, them bringing Andy back into the forefront of the show as well feels very significant to me because she really hasn't been around that much before this season. Yes. So we're now eight episodes into a 12 episode season. Final Axelrod season. is nowhere to be found. Where's like, Bobby? There, does Bobby seduce Andy? Oh my gosh. With that four episodes left, I think probably not. Uh, no. but would Especially be, if they want to set up you, uh... Wendy and, and Bobby as endgame for, you know, they might still. So a couple a couple of thoughts that come from that. Um, the first one is this episode features Mike Prince talking about how if he were the guy, if he's the man with all of the plans and he mm-hmm. is the person that the country elects to be the president of the United States, that he would be the kind of leader that feels like every single option needs to be on the table. Everything needs to be up for consideration, including first strikes with nuclear weapons, again, which is a horrifying Mm -hmm. thing. And it's so chilling for everybody in that room, including Chuck, who I want to get back to in a second, Um, that he he talks about I would be so I would do it if I was so sure that it was the right thing to do. The the metaphor would connect quite nicely, Jess, if what. Prince does in this episode with Andy is effectively like firing off a nuclear warhead yeah. without careful consideration, without without enough forethought um, to to anticipate that this could have been the, this might be the thing that doesn't end the world, but ends his world. Uh, so I think that 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 like uh, on a literary level, that feels nice. That feels that feels really good. I'm still terrified of Prince and I don't want to underestimate him for all the meta reasons, too. Um, but I think that there is there's a really clear line there of this move with Andy causes everything to destruct. Uh, everything mm-hmm. blows out from there. Um, what do you think about about all that? I think that makes sense. I feel like that there. I think that when you know we brought in Prince's daughters earlier on and 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 kind of built up his relationship with them and their whole family as a unit and yes. and all of that. And I feel like that's a lot of ground, you know, they're laying groundwork for the fall of Prince and his family. And it, it could be a situation where he gets what he wants, uh, but look at what has at happened what as a result, cost. like what it costs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I do agree. There's something there, but yeah, getting back to like to Chuck and how this, <sighs> Wow. How often, how often does Chuck Rhodes leave a scene with nothing to say? How often does Chuck Rhodes, while leaving the scene with nothing to say, turn around to face the guy who just said all the stuff 
and then still have nothing to say and proceed to leave the scene. He has another moment where he could turn around and say something. Chuck Rhodes is gobsmacked by the horrors that are unleashed in this conversation with the fourth. And the fourth, who is supposed to be like this, this guy who's like uh, thinking about like the institutions and every and like the sanctity of the country, talking about how uh, it's really the will of the power brokers and certainly not the will of the voters that matters the most. For a guy like Chuck Rhodes, this is this is as venomous as it gets. This is like the peak of toxicity. This is yeah. the worst thing that you could say to a man like Chuck Rhodes in terms of like Chuck's own values. And so then I wonder. What about President Chuck Rhodes, Jess? What about what about President Ooh. Chuck Rhodes? Is there a path towards Chuck challenging Prince for the presidency? He's got some like local hero momentum on his side. Is the only way to take this guy down to get into the leg wrestling competition with Prince himself? Could it be Paul Giamatti who leads us into trillions, Jess? Probably not, but I just want to put it out there. I just want to keep willing this into existence. Yeah, I just don't think so. That just doesn't feel like who... I mean, let's face it. Chuck is more of a little finger than he is a king. Yeah. And I just don't see him in that position. I also don't think he has, like, the the cred at this point to to will that into existence either. I want it, though. I want it badly. I mean, I think... What's more, we already know Paul Giamatti makes for a killer president. Look no further than HBO's John Adams, which is not coming to your way to post show recaps every weekday. Though maybe on the other side of billions, Jess, should we do a John Adams uh, daily deep? T- no, I don't think so. Probably no, not. no, no. But I just don't think that's there for. Ch- I don't think that's in Chuck's future. I think that like taking down Prince is now of the even more so than it was of the utmost importance right like now that he has he didn't think he'd get the fourth on his side no but and now that he is and the way in which he did it is so supremely terrifying i feel like it it really kind of puts uh puts a little bit of fire beneath chuck's feet to really do anything and everything. I feel like th- now is the time that you call in Bobby Axelrod for the favor that he owes you. You know, yeah, these yeah. are the times we're in end game territory. We're in the scary territory. Like you got to call in the big guns. It is the scary territory, Jess. This is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. Like everything that they've learned at this retreat. And then the way the retreat ends, granted our, our people are no longer there. You know, Prince and Chuck are like the fourth gone. So yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's very culty and like super culty. Great. Really I mean, terrifying. They're wearing, they're wearing black robes, but still it evokes a certain image. It, you know? Very, very eyes wide shut. Uh, very much like the, the Simpsons cult, like all of this is like, just like really, really unnerving. Uh, and does, and does absolutely like the lunacy of it doesn't make it feel any less realistic, unfortunately. Oh like, yeah. That was, that was a big part of why this was such a bone chilling episode. I felt like, because like you can imagine less funny versions of this happening in real life. Uh, yep. you know, certainly, you know, whether it's like as ridiculous as like, burning this gigantic owl statue in in the woods uh or not like these kinds of retreats absolutely happen uh and these kinds of decisions are absolutely made uh where you know so much is invested um monetarily uh you know sheer force of will into like single entities to represent much larger entities that are not even close to representative of the much larger entity that is like the public good. Uh, So watching Prince participate in that, it has been, it has been a very satisfying arc to watch him just like cut off pieces of himself, sort of similar to what Chuck described at the start of this season of like, you just like you lose pieces, you cut like pieces of you get cut off and his colleague is like, yeah, and then you like fill them up, right? And he's like, no, that's just, that's just who you are now. And mm-hmm. you just got to keep going like that. Like that's what you've become. And I think it's very satisfying to watch that happen to Prince if that's what's happening to Prince. But like our political climate and our history just has to be like, and the history of the show of Prince being like this resurgent triumphant guy from out of nowhere I just don't want to underestimate that the show is going there, that the show is going to show like there is no stopping these people. 
uh, yeah. sorry, you know, uh, these people will, will dine at fine restaurants in New York, like Teresi, and then turn around and make sure that no one else in the planet gets a chicken parm. Uh, you know, it's it's horrifying. Yeah. It's really horrifying. I thought this was a very effective episode in that regard. Uh, all of the diaper stuff, notwithstanding, I thought it was I thought it was excellent, Jess. I thought it was really really good. I'm really I'm really enjoying the yeah. final season. I think that I you am know, too. I, I think like, on. I especially think the last few episodes really feel like we're ramping up to something and kind of setting the stage, if you will. So I I've been really enjoying it. I think it's an interesting time. I mean, Nancy Dunlop introduced here is fascinating uh we only have four episodes so for yeah. her to be introduced as like this democratic nominee like another opponent for prince right like he didn't have enough people against him already uh now we have nancy dunlop as well so i thought this whole episode was very interesting i thought like they did a really good job of of having the seriousness also mixed with the comedy right like there's a lot of both in this episode especially Chuck Sr. fits so perfectly into this freaking scene. The doc making another return. Very funny. We have all of our people that we Ira, follow. Ira has a great moment in this episode of like, do you have to open this in my office? Like, do we have to eat lunch in here? <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ira, really funny. Yeah. Please put I, your soup dumplings away. I want nothing to do with those. Chuck's I like, just oh, thought this It's was already like... open, Ira. <laughs> This is just such a fun episode, and it also just feels like it's really setting the stage for what we're going to be dealing with the last few episodes of the yes. show. Uh, and I think it's really setting the stage. I want to say I read somewhere that, like, I mean, we're we're guaranteed to get at least a few more episodes with Bobby Axelrod. So that means they're coming up because there's not much time left. Not a lot of time. Four episodes left. The next episode, episode nine, Game Theory Optimal. Uh, is the name Video of the episode. Uh, so we'll see what Game Theory Optimal... I mean, that sounds like a great opportunity for the various forces to coalesce against Mike Prince. Uh, so let's see if we can't, you know, just like combine some forces and make some sort of righteous Voltron that can rise up mm -hmm. against Mike Prince would be cool. Uh, but we'll see. We'll be back next week talking that one through Game Theory Optimal. Make sure you're subscribed postshowrecaps.com slash billions is the RSS link. When you search by URL, you can just search billions postshow recaps. You'll find us in the succession podcast feed here on postshow recaps. You can also watch us on video. We've got the VOD of these podcasts up on the YouTubes. Jess just waved at you. Uh, and also you get to see Jess's utter collapse at the start of this podcast, which was rather fun. Uh, so, <laughs> so you can go and check that out. Postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and check us out that way. Uh, and if you want to see what else we got going on on PSR, so much is happening. Postshowrecaps.com slash subscribe is our subscriber hub. You'll see all the latest and greatest that's happening here on the network, including the aforementioned Fall of Rome week daily podcasting about HBO's 22-episode saga, Rome, in its entirety. Check that out if you are interested. Look up the Fall of Rome post show recaps wherever you get your podcasts jess sterling where can people find you what you got going on you can follow me at the jess sterling on twitter uh recently grace and i launched full spoiler recaps here on post show recaps so go listen to that trailer basically if there's a current show and it's dropping a season either all at once or over a period of time we're gonna cover it in one single podcast very soon after it comes out so that you know, you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait for like weekly or episodic coverage. You don't have to wait. You binge the thing. So yeah. does Jess and Grace. They talk about the thing they binged. Mm -hmm. You listen to it. You get all the spoilers right away. Full spoiler recaps. And that's it. So that's really exciting. We're going to be starting that adventure soon. Josh and I are finishing up the community. We have one last podcast for Just everyone. One. I did so much data cr and number crunching. And let me tell you, the numbers are very interesting. They speak okay. volumes. All right. So that's a ton of fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, Ariel, Adam, and I just finished up our sex education coverage. That was the final season of that show, which I implore you, if you haven't seen sex education, please, please, please go watch it. I feel like it should be like required viewing for like teens and or anyone who has a teen. It just feels so important. So check that show out. And beyond that, you can catch me over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, where we're wrapping up our Dawson's Creek coverage and also covering Freaks and Geeks. 
Which has been such a delight. So. Emily and I just started uh, kind of like randomly wandering back into Freaks and Geeks the other day. Uh, Bill's great, the best, right? What a great show. What a great yeah. show. Yeah. They're all so Perfect. great. Yeah. They're all so young. You get like a million guest stars every episode. Every that episode. Like, hey, that guy. Hey, that guy. That guy. Whoa, that one too. He's famous. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so check out all those great things that Jess has going on. I'm at Ron Howard wherever you can find me, including right here on the Billions Podcast, returning next week with Game Theory Optimal. Until then, everybody, shut up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.